This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning. We have a home run service coming up, but first, let's get into some praise and worship. And I encourage you, man, stand up, enter into the presence of God and watch what God's going to say to you today. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us for church this morning. If you want, we're just going to sing a couple of songs together. So please feel free and join us. Every chain, oh God, you have done great. 
Everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. We're so glad that you've joined us today. This is going to be a great message that Pastor has for us, and you need to stay tuned and listen to it. And in case you don't know who we are, this is Pastor Janice. We call her Mrs. Pastor here at the church, and I'm Pastor Samples. Well, as Mrs. Pastor just said, it's so wonderful to be in the house of God again. And soon and very soon before we know it, we'll all be here together again. But glory to God, we got to do what we got to do till we get to where we're going. And the main thing is, is you born again Christians, stay saved, stay walking with Jesus. And if somebody's watching this today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, then today is a good day to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We're going to encourage you with the Word of God today. We're going to teach some things from the Word of God. And... Uh, at the end of the message, we'll actually show you how to receive Jesus as your Savior if you haven't yet. But as we're getting ready to get into the Word of God together, as Mrs. Pastor said, I am Pastor Samples, in case you just uh, tuned in. And today's message is called, and by the way, I do hope you're taking notes because you can't remember everything you're going to hear. And the things you're going to hear are going to change your life forever. And so get something to write on. Get a piece of paper, uh, notebook if you've got it, and have your Bible handy. But today's message is called God's Specific Instructions for Christians in 2020. For Christians in 2020, and really for all other times. And so we're going to see some things today that's going to help you to know what to do in this crisis time that the whole world's in right now. 
And I, I said, don't my Bible I put here years ago that the Lord gave me. And I, I just want to say this. There's so much bad news out there. And, you know, a lot of what the report is the facts. But right now, a lot of facts isn't good news. But the Bible's called the gospel. The gospel is good news. And as far as far as uh, the men and women that God, that God gave special gifts and abilities to for being able to share the word of God, he gave us preachers and he gave us teachers. And basically preachers, they stir you up, they excite you, and man, they're gifts from God. But preaching is to give you hope. But then God has teachers and preachers that teach, and teaching shows you how to turn your hope into reality. And so we're going to pump you up and give you a lot of hope for what we preach, but at the same time we're going to teach and show you how to, as the saying is, where the rubber meets the road, show you how to get some traction out of it. And apply it to your life to be able to show you how to do what you've got to do. Not only, not only to put hope in your own household, but people across your path, people you work with, strangers, uh, family members, maybe other church members who are getting down and feeling depressed. We're going to show you how to help them too. So anyway, I want to start off. If you're taking notes, I used I used this verse last week, and really, since the start of this year, especially since this crisis started. The Lord has spoken this to my heart every day. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And, uh, you know, I know that's probably coming across the screen, but really, if you look at your Bible, that's in the Old Testament. First Chronicles 12, 32. And this chapter here, as God was helping King David put his army together, put his team together to be able to do the warfare, take out enemies that were coming against God's people, then a lot of the, a lot of the different parts of the army were identified by how they were gifted, how they were anointed, and what they had to contribute to help. But anyway, we get down to verse 32 here. It says, out of the children of Issachar, now listen to this, and I believe I'm in this category right here that we're getting ready to see this description, and I believe any of you are too that want to be. It said, the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do had understanding of the times know what Israel ought to do. As if there's ever a time that God's people should know what to do. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about a verse Jesus gave us in Matthew 5.16. If you take a note, write it down. I'm not going there. But Matthew 5.16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So if there's ever a time our light ought to shine and actually... If you're leading a crowd through the darkness and the ones up front got the light, he's the ones that's going to show them where to walk and what to do. Well, this is the time that Christians, especially spirit-filled Christians, should be able to lead the way. So if you're a born-again Christian, you have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. Not a different Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that Peter, James, John, Paul, and all the other New Testament believers had. There's only one Holy Spirit. Not a different Holy Spirit today. The same Holy Spirit now is the same Holy Spirit that inspired these men to write these books of the Bible and write all this encouragement and instruction and wisdom in the Bible that we're supposed to read and study now as supposed to live by. And so that same Holy Spirit lives in you that lived in these men. The same Holy Spirit that put in their hearts what to write that we're reading now is the same Holy Spirit that will give you understanding. The same Holy Spirit 
that will give you peace. The same Holy Spirit that will give you joy. The same Holy Spirit that will lead you and give you direction if you know how to follow him. And so, as I said last week, I know exactly and precisely what to do in the times we live in today. And because I've been doing it for 40 years, I've been a born again, spirit filled, Holy Ghost, tongue talking believer since 1980. And so what I'm going to do now in these times we live in, I'm going to pray every day. I've consistently done that for 40 years. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to speak Bible verses out loud that pertain to my life, my family, my church, my community, my nation, and the world in the end times. I'm going to pray, study the Word of God, speak what the Word of God says, and I'm going to believe what the Word of God says is going to come to pass. That's what I'm going to do. I know exactly what to do. And I'm going to attend church several times a week when the doors open again. I've done that for 40 years. And actually, I think about Daniel in the Old Testament. Daniel prayed, it says, three times every day as his custom was. And then when persecution come, Daniel didn't have to change what he did. He'd already been doing it. It's his habit. And I read the book of Acts chapter chapter, chapter 3. It says Peter and John went up, to, went up to the temple every day at the hour of prayer to pray. There's habits that Christians should develop. And you know, like, like I've heard my son, Pastor Dave, say before when he's been preaching, you don't wait till the boat's sinking to put a life jacket on and try to learn how to swim. You better know how to swim now. You better have a life jacket on now before you ever get in the boat. So in life, if you haven't been prepared yet for this crisis, then I'm glad you're walking today, what you're watching today, because we're going to teach you how to walk through this safely. If you have been prepared, that all I'm going to be doing is strengthening you and encouraging you and letting you know that what you're doing is the right thing to do. So anyway, what I've always done consistently is church several times a week. I've never been a casual tender. I've never been a church member that came uh, if there wasn't a ball game going, if I didn't have some work to do, or if there wasn't a family party going on. My family always chose that somebody's birthday was on a Sunday, that we had our party on Saturday. If the birthday was on Wednesday, then we had our birthday party on Tuesday. We always schedule things around church, not church around things. Anyway, that's things I've done, what I'm going to continue to do. And then also, since I found out the Bible, that's not only Old Testament, but New Testament, to pay tithes to Jesus, I'm going to keep on paying my tithes. That's what the Word of God says to do, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fellowship with other Christians. There's enough people that are negative of the world out there that I, well, not now, but when I was a truck driver, I did. Hung out with them every day, worked with them every day. And so my off time, for the majority of time, before I was a full-time preacher, I chose to hang out with Christians as much as I could. And then I had something to offer the world. But if I hung out with the world all the time, the world all the time didn't know God, then I had nothing to offer him. So I'm going to keep on doing what I've always done, fellowship with Christians as much as I can. I'm going to love and have compassion on non-church people as well as church people. That's what I've always done. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm telling you, that's the best thing to do right now. But to have understanding of the times we now live in, you must be serious about your relationship with God. And the best way to be serious about your relationship with God is know the will of God. And the best way to know the will of God is to study and know the Word of God. And uh, I'm going to look at some things that God has been saying to His people 
since the New Testament was written, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. We're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. But while you turn to there, I want to tell you something that I learned a long time ago. There's two, two main aspects to the will of God for your life you need to know. The written word of God spells out the will of God, the general will of God for all mankind. God wants you to receive Jesus as your Savior. God wants you to go to church. God wants you to love and forgive. God wants you to take care of your family. On and on and on. There's so many things the Bible tells for all mankind. But then, as you begin to become a good Christian church member, you study your Bible, you pray, and you start recognizing the leadings of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Good Shepherd speaking to your heart, then you're going to start finding the specific will of God for your life. Like, for example, if you're not a married person, the Bible says it's, it's good to be married. And uh, so anyway, then you begin to pray and seek God about who you're supposed to marry. The Bible teaches you that God's got a plan for your life. What kind of career, what kind of job he has for you. Well, the Holy Spirit will show you those things as you obey the written word of God for your life. You walk in love, you go to church, you pray, etc., etc. And then also the Bible teaches us that God has specific places he wants you to live. Where he wants you to go to church and those kind of things. But anyway, that all comes after you, first of all, become a serious student, a disciple of the Word of God, and study the Word of God, and then put into practice your everyday life what the Word of God says to do. Another verse to write down, James 1.22, says to be doers of the Word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves, because it says that says that a man that, that, that hears but doesn't do, you're in self-deception. And so I, I just want to encourage you, just remember these words, it's not how much, it's not how much you know, but it's how much you know and do that's going to bring blessing in your life. So as you see some things today, my prayer is that you'll take notes, you'll write them down. And if there's anything I say that jumps off at you, if I make a statement, if I read a verse and comment on it, and you think, wow, that's what I need to hear, write it down. And then look at it several times this week. And every time you catch yourself, Violating what you know to be true from the Word of God, stop. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Help me to do what you told me to do. And I'll tell you what, the more you do things like that, you're going to be growing as a Christian and you're going to have more victory in your life. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I want to say it again. Take notes. Write these down. It says that some scripture is given, whoa, wait a minute. That was the religious translation. But God's Holy Bible says all Scripture. Say that with me. Say all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Say it again. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine means what you believe about the Bible, how you teach the Bible, how you understand the Bible. It says all Scripture is given by God and is profitable for doctrine, in other words, so you can understand what the Bible says. That's another verse to write down. I, I give you a lot of verses because I'm a Bible man and I love, I love to tell you what the Bible says. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, which is actually just one chapter over, but anyway, just write this down. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing or rightly interpreting the word of truth. And so, he wouldn't say to rightly interpret the word, if it wasn't possible to wrongly interpret the word. And believe you and me, in the times we live in, there's lots of people 
with lots of goofy ideas about what they think the Bible says. If there's ever a time you need to study for yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit and sit under Bible teachers and preachers, hang out with fellow believers that have the fruit of a Christian in their life, now's the time you need to be very cautious about what you hear and what you feed yourself. Amen? So it says it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, or that means mature, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly equipped unto all good works. And if there's ever a time that Christians should walk in Christian maturity and be anointed by God to do good works to help everybody around them, now is the time. But anyway, I want to go through this verse. I want to break it down. I want to look at some things. And so uh, one thing I want to say is this. If you haven't made this a habit already, I really suggest you do this. It's something I've done pretty much since the year I got saved. The Lord led me to do this. I've done it ever since then. Really, every 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 uh, uh, successful, if you will, in the Christian life, man or woman of God I've ever known, they take notes. They keep spiritual journals. In their journals, they write down things they pray, things they believe in God for. They write down Bible verses God's teaching them. And they write down answers to prayer that God's given them. It really helps their Christian life. And so I just want to make this suggestion. Buy yourself a notebook if you haven't already. Start keeping a spiritual journal, especially the times we live in now. And as often as you can, find a quiet place to sit down by yourself. Jesus would call it your prayer closet. He said you pray into your prayer closet and pray to your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That's in Matthew chapter 6. But anyway... As good as a lot of these devotions are, that they're in books, they're online, and every other place you see them, a lot of good devotions, but maybe some aren't so good. But anyway, as good as devotions are, as good as other people's encouragement is, and how wonderful it is to post or repost those little nuggets that God gives other people, I think it's wonderful for God to give you your own personal nuggets, for God to give you things He speaks to your heart, because when God speaks to you, that's more real than anything anybody else could ever do. But anyway, I know God speaks to you through other people. But it's nice to have a journal. To be able to get away from the hustle bustle of life. All the fear and the unbelief and everything that the world's spilled out right now. That all the TV things are putting out right now. The internet's putting out. Find you a quiet place. Sit down with your Bible. Pray. Worship Jesus. Thank you for what he's doing. Just come in, draw an eye to God, James 4, 7 says, and he'll draw an eye to you, or actually James 4, 8. And then as you do that, ask him to speak to your heart and show you where the Bible he wants you to read and wants you to study to show you things that he wants to speak to you personally. There's no, there's no, there's no, to me, there's no closer way to develop a relationship with Jesus with the Father than to have your own quiet time with your Bible or you didn't do that. And anyway, as you develop your personal relationship with Jesus and the Bible for yourself, you're going to start seeing victory after victory after victory. And in John chapter 10, I talked about this last week, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they'll flee from. And for you to be free from fear and all the anxieties and the worries that's overcoming everybody around you pretty much, You've got to have that relationship. 
But anyway, I want you to notice some things in these verses right here. Three things, really, that uh, when your Bible doctrine gets sound and in line with the counsel of God's word, three things that it says God's word, God's doctrine will do for you. Number one, you notice it says that it's, this doctrine is profitable for reproof. For reproof. And this reproof, think about this. Think about proofreading. When you get quiet with your Bible open and your heart open, God, through his word, will help you proofread where you are in life right now so you get position for this next thing that God's word does. It says it's for correction. God's word will reprove you and then it will correct you. And I think about school. I know that probably everybody there went to school to some, some level or not, a uh, degree or, or one another. But anyway, in school, when your teacher proofread your papers, there were mistakes in spelling, grammar, or math. The teacher would point it out, and then she didn't give you the answer. She told you to go back over again, and you make the corrections. And so when we get quiet before the Lord with our Bibles open, our hearts open and shut our mouths, let him speak to our hearts, let him do some talking to us, because that's what a conversation's about. We need to have a dialogue, not just a monologue. Have a conversation with God, we talk to him. Then we get quiet where he talks to us, and the primary way he talks to us is through his word. Then when he points out things in our life that need corrected, then we're the ones that make some corrections. I remember years and years and years ago, actually around probably 20, 25 years ago, I was in Kiev, Ukraine, right after our curtain fell, and I was at, I was at a conference over there for pastors and spiritual leaders from all, from all over the uh, different nations over there that broke off from uh, Russia, from the Soviet Union, and the Lord had, had a word for them one day, and it's always stuck with me. They came there seeking direction because for, for the first time in their lifetimes, they'd been free to be able to do things they wanted to do, and I had to be fearful about who was watching or going to, going to stop them. And they came there for direction. The Lord told me, tell them this. If you want to receive direction, you must first receive correction. And so for right now, for many of you that are watching this morning, you're praying what to do. Depression's trying to hit you. You're hearing everybody say, do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. Well, God's the one that says, stop. Get sound doctrine. And then I will proofread your life for you. And then I'll show you what to do for you to make corrections that pleases God. And so anyway, as I look at this, I think about the Holy Spirit. He's the best teacher you're ever going to have. The Holy Spirit should be using people like me as I teach the Word of God. And anybody that you follow that teaches you the Word of God, hopefully they're led by the Holy Spirit. But the thing is, the same Holy Spirit... That inspired these words. The same Holy Spirit that uses men and women like me and like, like leaders of this church. And if you go to another church, like lead your leaders, hopefully. The same Holy Spirit lives in you. And Romans 8, 16 says he bears with your spirit. And so the Holy Spirit in you will show you what to correct. But also, you got to always remember this. The Bible is his textbook. Any books you ever study, spiritual books... They should have scriptures in them that point you to the Bible to show you that their counsel, their advice came from the Bible. And anybody that, that's devotions you follow. The textbook should be the Bible. And any of those little 
nice little sound bites that you see on the internet. They should be in life the Bible if you're going to receive correction from God. So anyway, God has put his gifts in men and women that he calls pastors and teachers to teach the textbook. And that's where correction and instruction comes from. And so if you submit to God's systems, God's system, then life will go much better for you. But I want you to notice the next thing that uh, Learning Correct Bible Doctor will do for you. It says for instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness. And this means God will teach you how to live in the way that pleases him. That is so important in the time we live in. There's a whole lot of things in the times we live in that are politically correct, but they're not biblically correct. And I'd a whole lot rather live my life in righteousness, which doesn't mean I'm holier than thou. It means I'm living in line with the word of God and what God said is right, not what people say is right. Even as religious preachers, and they're teaching things or saying things that disagree with Bible doctrine, you need to make a correction then if you want things to go right in your life. And so modern political correctness has in many ways defined what's okay in the eyes of man, but not necessarily in the eyes of God. And so we want to be acceptable in God's sight, whether people like it or not. We want to live right, because it says right here that when we live how God wants us to do, if you're a serious child of God and you want to do your best and miss a lot of the pitfalls and traps of life right now, then you've got to follow the textbook, receive instruction, receive correction and do what's right. And then verse 17 says that the man of God or woman of God may be perfect or spiritually mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, thoroughly equipped unto all good works. And so as we're in the time we're living in right now, April the 5th, 2020, the whole world, the country right now is in total, oh, man, really, really, really messed up. But I remember what Jesus said in John 17, 17, as he prayed that last great prayer. He said that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And he prayed that we would be delivered from the evil and the evil one in the world. And so we as Christians right now, if we take to heart some of these simple basic truths I looked at today and do what they say to do, we will be the one that has the answers. We'll be the one that we are the prayer line, not calling the prayer line every day. They'll be calling us. And I want to close with one more verse I really believe speaks to the time we live in. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. First Peter chapter 3. Verse 15, 16. And I'll tell you what, this is a good time to shout because this is God talking to you. This is God talking to me. And just like God, uh, like, 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 uh, Queen Esther was told, you may have been born for a time such as this. I believe with all of my heart, none of us are here by chance or accident. We were born again in the family of God for a time such as this. Somebody said, Amen. And if you're watching this with somebody else, turn around and give them a high five and say, this is talking to me and this is talking to you and we're going to live like the Bible says to live. Amen. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. 
The Amplified Bible says, but in your heart, set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. But then this last part, as we close, what I want you to see. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. Having a good conscience. That whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be, may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation or we say your good lifestyle in Christ. And so people are watching you. People are watching me. We should not be running around like a bunch of chickens with our heads cut off. We should not be running around in fear and confusion and torment, not knowing what to do. We should be able to tell people around us, I go to church every chance I get. And right now, because I can't go to church, I read my Bible every day. I pray. I fellowship with other Christians. I watch my church on broadcast three times a week, so I still get fed the Word of God. We know what to do. So when people ask you a reason to hope in you, you can let them know, I've got God's Word hit in my heart. I live by God's Word. I pray God's Word. I speak God's Word. And because God's Word gives me faith, I'm not afraid. I know what's going on. And now, one thing I want to do as I close out my part of the service, if you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, and the best way to know if you're right with God or not, if you've got one bit of doubt in your heart, that if you die today where you spend eternity, then you need to pray this prayer with me because you need to get right with Jesus. Jesus Christ is the answer for all fear. Jesus Christ is the answer for all depression, all torment, everything else there is. But anyway, if you're not right with God, I want you to close your eyes right now where you are and say this prayer with me. Even if you're family right now and you're not sure what to do, that family, you close your eyes too and you pray. You pray with the people with you. Say this prayer. Say, Dear God, say that out loud. Say, Dear God, I know that you're real. I know that Jesus Christ is your son. And I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Say that. Say, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and you raised him from the dead. I don't know how you did it, but you raised Jesus from the dead. Say that. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus, I want to go to heaven when I die. And I believe you're the way to heaven. Now, Jesus, please lead me to who my church family is, who my pastor is. Show me what to do as we come through this crisis. And Jesus, thank you. For eternal life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you Jesus. For showing me how to live for you. Amen. Amen. Now make sure you contact our church. Or contact a church. A pastor. And let them know. That you've accepted Jesus as your savior. And be a part of the family of God. Amen. 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 Pastor Dave. 
All right, guys, we're going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And remember that all the information you need about giving online or all the other ways is on the screen. Pay attention to that so you know. And I want to say we appreciate everybody that stayed so hooked up in being faithful with their tithes and offerings during this season. You guys are the absolute best. God is faithful. And you get a hold of this verse right here. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18 and Deuteronomy 8. And verse 18, and this is what I love. It says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. You know, right there it says, thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, because he's the one that gives us the power to get wealth. And and there's so many truths wrapped up in this one verse, but I am ecstatic about all the Christians right now, all the people, all the High Desert Word Center members that you are remembering the Lord your God. You you know, it's not one of those things where you're saying, well, yeah, I mean, when I've got time, when I've got extra, when I feel like it. No, you are remembering the Lord your God. And why is it that it says he gives us the power to get wealth? Why is it? Well, it's so he can establish his covenant in the earth. God wants to use us. And what's one way that we remember the Lord our God? There's a lot of ways, but one way undeniably is remembering him even with our finances, remembering to give him what he asked of us, that 10 percent, that tithe. We're remembering the Lord our God, and it is he that gives us the power to get wealth so he can establish his covenant even as he swore unto our fathers. Amen. And so I pray over you today that as you're giving your tithe or maybe sending an offering, whatever the case is, that God is absolutely working in your life, in your finances. You are giving him access to do what he wants to do to bless you. Even in the midst of this turbulent time, you are giving God access to your life. Amen. Good job, guys. Love you. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe you receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys, what another awesome service we had today. Awesome word from pastor. Awesome praise and worship. Stick around for some good stuff coming up tonight. And I encourage you, as I always do, and I'm not joking, you really need to do this. You need to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube so we can get as much word to you as possible. And then you can share it with others. Amen. But you know how we close out every service around here. We close out speaking words of faith over Barstow. And I encourage you that if you don't live in Barstow, you live somewhere else around the world, speak these words over your city too. Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, 
joy and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.